Today's episode is brought to you by Jarja Media. Jarja Media uh, is actually a marketing company that I run. Whether you're looking for a CRM, a customer relationship manager, I personally built, took my own money, years of my own time to make sure that this was what you needed uh, as somebody in the real estate industry. Uh, also, within Georgia Media, if you need websites, if you need a transaction coordinator, like the idea that so many of you are still handling your own transactions when you should be out there creating new business, uh, we offer TCs, transaction coordinators, marketing reps, uh, whatever you need for that, make sure you check out jarjamedia.com, J-A-R-J-A-M-E-D-I-A, jarjamedia.com. At the same time, if you are in need of a coach, if you're in need of training, whether it's one-on-one -on -one coaching, whether it's training for you, your office, your managers, uh, or you're just looking to hire someone to speak at your event, you want the event to go really well, make sure you check out jaredjamestoday.com. Anything you need is there. Uh, check these places out. You are now listening to- Hey everyone, Jared Today James here, and Jared welcome James. to episode 48 of Today with Jared James. As always, if you are enjoying this, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you're on. Uh, and make sure to leave a five-star review and written reviews. That really helps us. You can leave as many of those as you want. If you hear different things on different episodes you want to mention, uh, that's super helpful to us. This is all still part of our series that I'm doing right now on Happy Hour with Jared James, where you know I sat down on Facebook Live and did these happy hour conversations with the leaders of the real estate industry, the people running the industry during this time of quarantine and lockdown and uncertainty and you know, it was really to get in with them and figure out, you know, more about them and their journey and what they think about what's going on right now and where they think the opportunities are so that you, you all could hear it. My audience, you guys could hear it directly from the people uh, that sometimes are unreachable for you. And I wanted you to hear from them in the way that I talk to them, you know, like over happy hour, just chatting, make, you know, making jokes and doing whatever. And so on this episode, uh, that's going to be no different. I've got Dan Duffy and Rick Haas the CEO and the president of United Real Estate. Uh, you know, I love these guys. I've done their conferences year after year. I'm connected with so many of their agents. And man, they are about as cool as it comes, as fun as it comes. You're going to hear that in the interview. Um, you know, they run an amazing business. They're good at what they do. But again, they don't take themselves too serious. And I think a lot of you will really relate to them. We had a lot of engagement on this on Facebook Live and on YouTube and such. So uh, if you enjoy this, go to connectwithjared.com. Tag me on Instagram and Facebook and all these places uh, and them as well, the people who are actually doing the conversations, the interviews, say thank you to them uh, because I think that you're going to find, uh, or at least for me, I mean, it's a big deal when, when people who are running these major organizations are so quick with their time to just say yes to me, to come do these interviews and stuff. And I know it would mean the world to them if you said thank you to them as well. So make sure you do that, guys. Tune in, pay attention. I think you're really going to enjoy this. Uh, it's a lot of fun, okay? So enjoy Dan Duffy and Rick Haas. All right, we are live. I'm just double checking here, but I believe that we are live, gentlemen. And yep, so people will start popping in right there. Uh, let's get this started, guys. First off, I am thrilled today or tonight or whatever time it is, wherever you're watching, uh, to have these two gentlemen with me. I have Dan Duffy and Rick Haas uh, from United Real Estate, a uh, company I've done some stuff with the last couple of years. Uh, kindred souls. I mean, I love, I love working with you guys. I love your sense of humors and, and everything else about it. Uh, first off, let's just, before we get started and go into intros, uh, what are you gentlemen having? And, and Dan, what are you doing in a car right now? Yeah, I'm, uh, so to answer your first question, I'm, um, I'm hitting my Chick-fil-A uh, and my, my son, who uh, I've just recalled from, uh, from college, 
he's been working at home and zooming all of his classes. He's driving me, so I'm not driving. But you don't know what's in here, do you? It's, uh, it's a lemonade. If I, know, if I know you, I do know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got some lemonade going from Chick-fil-A. This is my happy hour drink, and I'm excited to be here. Nice, nice. And then, Rick, you want to say hello, man, and tell everybody what you're, uh, what you're partaking of? You, yeah, uh, I was gonna bring I was gonna bring that drink that everybody's calling a quarantini, which is like three quarantini, three three ounces of vodka and an ounce of uh, Nyquil. But I decided to go a little a little Would lighter. Would you still be with us after a half hour? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no, is that how long we're gonna be here? Oh, I, I think we'll be here a little bit longer than that. But uh, that's gonna be not, a not if you had three ounces of vodka and a and Nyquil. My God. <laughs> Uh, it's an app, it's it's a it's a ease into the evening drink called a April spritz, but just hey, just because I'm sitting in New Orleans, it's pay shots, so it's a it's a New Orleans version of an April. That's awesome. I am, uh, you know, the viewers that have been on here night after night, you know, it's kind of funny because I have mixed it up completely. Uh, meaning one night I forgot and I ended up having a white claw, which there's memes being made right now about me having that white claw last night. I brought a couple of double IPAs. Today, I've been doing trainings all day long again. So if my eyes look bloodshot, that's why. Um, but I once again forgot. So I am with uh, my good friend Tito's Orange Juice. And that will be uh, the drink for this. So, so for everybody who's, in the, uh, who's watching right now, do me a favor because it is happy hour. Take a picture of your drink and put it down in the comments. And let's do a virtual cheers. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. 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 All right. Everything. So guys, uh, what we're really doing here and, um, you know, first off, uh, thank you for being so quick to say yes to this uh, and being willing to come on. Uh, the point of it is really for, you know, the industry, which is going through kind of an unprecedented time right now um, and not really knowing what's going on and, and everything else. It's for them to kind of hear from the leaders of these, these companies, you know, the, the presidents, the CEOs, the, the people who are really running the industry. Learn a little bit about more, uh, more about you guys, but then also be able to kind of say like, hey, what's going on right now? How's it changing the way you're doing business? What do you see moving forward? And kind of hear it directly from you guys, okay? So first yeah. thing I want to say, I'm looking in here. We've got, let me just check here. Uh, as of right now, we're coming up on about 250 uh, live views right now. That'll keep going up and up and up, which is kind of great. If you guys have questions, go ahead and post them in the comments. I've got somebody from my team watching and they're sending me anything uh, that we should be answering. I'm curious from you guys, uh, obviously this has changed everything. Are you working from home? Where are you working from? And how has it changed how you're working? Dan, go ahead, Rick. All right, well, yeah, we're working from home. We grounded the company in terms of travel probably three weeks ago. Wanted to, uh, probably right uh, after the event, right? Like I just well, did your event. It yeah. was right after we saw you at United Country in Arlington um, and you did Arizona for us the week before that. but. Yeah, it was right after that. We put everybody, you know, into lead by example mode, put everybody at home and everybody's following the rules pretty closely. Um, but I'll tell you, it's it's been nonstop. You know, and initially, uh, Dan, Dan and I communicated to the group and we said, look, here's what here are 50 things that you can do to be productive. And you're what we called, I would say now, maybe mistakenly downtime. There's been not a cent, not a uh, of downtime for us. We're just, yeah. we're going like crazy, 15, 17 hour days, and we're putting in uh, multiple 
Zoom, WebEx, and uh, video uh, conferences and connecting with our people. Uh, it's been nonstop though, right? It's been nonstop. Crazy. Wow. And yeah, guys, yeah go, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, no, I, th I think um, it's, it's interesting. The, the change in workflow and kind of the, the, the less movement has caused people to be more reflective and more directed towards the, the most important things. Yeah. So I actually have seen the team and, and even myself, I find myself getting up every day and really honing in on the most important, the big rocks and smashing them. So, so, it, and so for example, today it was Chick-fil-A. Today it was Chick-fil-A and moving my son out. But in the meantime, I was on conference calls the entire way down to the University of Missouri. Everyone is gaping at the bit. Everyone's chewing on the right stuff. People are focused on listings, had conference calls, super uber productive. The marketing team, I swear, a little bit of a change in workflow yes. has caused everyone to, to stimulate their creative juices, you know, to, not just to entertain themselves, but just to be like, hey, how do we make the most of this and how do we sharpen our saw? Right. We are definitely sharpening saws and cutting wood. Yeah, I, yeah. I personally think we, this might be two of the most productive weeks we've had as an organization. Everyone's, everyone's had to kind of think differently and, and act differently and and, uh, and and all that stuff, right? Yeah. It's got us. It's got us all focused. I think like laser focused on what's important. How are you guys liking working at home? Is it difficult? Is it easy? I mean, I mean, uh, you know, you've got your son there in the car with you. Like, you know, is it? How are you finding it? I do it quite a bit. Um, obviously, I'm on planes a lot and then, yeah. in offices and around the country. So I actually have found that. You know, I have an office that I can get away from the, the, the chaos. I have eight people in my house right now. Jeez. So we're, we're self-quarantining. We, we were away on, away on a trip when it hit, and we ended up quarantining there. And then when we got back, everybody on the trip with us, their girlfriends and stuff, we said, you can't leave the house for two weeks. We don't want to be irresponsible, so we locked in. Yeah. So other than literally filling a truck with groceries, I, I'm not kidding you when I say I filled the entire bed. We've been cooking, the whole family's chipping in, the kids are, grown kids are making forts in their rooms, playing board games at night. But as far as work is concerned, I mean, we are, I, I'm finding that I have just as much, uh, you know, kind of focus that I normally do. And I'm, and everyone's respectful of that. We're finding our space in the house to be able to get stuff done. Do you ever just so need I, to get out? working well. Did you ever need to, do you ever do like right now is like, are there ever, cause like I find that like, especially if you travel a lot and do whatever, do you ever just need to kind of get out just to like get your creative, like whatever it is, just something like unlocks in you when you, when you step out, is that happened or no? Oh yeah. You just yeah. know, I, I've been going for walks. I mean, I'm a night owl. So, I mean, I, I get up fairly early too, but my most creative time is when the world calms down and I get from 10 o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. So like that, that's, called, that's called entrepreneur's time. Yeah, I found myself like like literally the other night. I found myself a couple miles away from the house. It was like one thirty in the morning. I was thinking, walking, and I kept going in the one direction away. And I'm like, oh god, I've got like forty five minutes. To get now, were you going. sleepwalking or were you actually walking? It's like a, <laughs> just another day for you. Just another day waking up a couple miles from home, no pants on, where and just like, what yeah. is? Where yeah. am I right now? Surrounded by people with badges. Wasn't sure, it, gonna, exactly? Wasn't that, have to go in, uh, wasn't that from? Uh, uh, oh my God! What's it called? Uh, this is going to drive me insane right now. With Will Ferrell, when he just like wanders out. Uh, they're at the. They're in college. Oh, we're going streaking. 
Yes. Uh, he just randomly like just go out and then they and then he's just running and his wife sees him and then next thing you know, like that's what I thought of when you said that, just so you know. Like old school or whatever. Old school. That's what it is. Going this was gonna drive me insane. Old school. Yeah. Old school. Great movie. That's awesome. So guys, tell me a little bit about before we kind of get into it right now. Uh, for both of you, take a turn each go at a time, but like tell me a little bit about you, like how you got here. Uh, you know, was United already there? Did you guys start United? Like, what, what, what makes it different? Like, uh, tell me a little bit about each one of you individually, and then just kind of the company overall. Like, like what you guys, how this came about. Rick, go ahead, Dan. Hey, so yeah, Dan can start the the company story and the origin stories around the company. Personally, I started in this business when I was eighteen, Northern Ohio. I was fortunate, very fortunate, to have a guy named Jim Maroka as my my mentor, and he just took me in and said, "We're gonna, we're gonna turn you from an 18-year-old that doesn't know anything into into somebody who's skilled." And I had great mentors early on, and I've been through a process of. Um, I've been very fortunate to be a part of some of the largest real estate companies in the country over the last three and a half decades, and and um, uh, about about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, I met Dan. Was at the Swanepoel conference and. You know, the business is changing so rapidly. That's really where it came from. You guys met at the Swanapool. Because, like, when I see you guys together, you guys act like you know each other forever, like your old college buddies. <laughs> yeah, we did. They, weren't, well, they the, weren't all on here before the live. Well, wait, the the frat house part is probably right. That's Actually, that's one of the best things about our relationship is I literally can't walk, I can't look into the audience at a meeting and see Dan without cracking up. We We just... We have a good time, and I just think that's one of the great parts about it. But, uh, but the the story of uh, the evolution of this business and my long history in the traditional side of the business, and then migrating to this is it's a it's a great story, um, and uh, and it's it's just been a it's been a, a hand and glove fit. You know, I I worked in an environment that was harder and harder to hold on to agents. Every single day, we had to figure out. What's the value proposition relative to commission splits? And it was just a rough environment to hang on to people. Now we crazy through M&A work, but um, when, uh, when I met Dan and, and, uh, and we, we realized that we could bring the kind of the best of both worlds from the traditional business to, um, to the non-traditional model company and still deliver an incredible platform of tools and services unit it made a lot of sense for us to get together. And that's kind of how we connected. That's awesome. Um, I remember, I remember. But I've been, you know, in all this time, been through so many different phases and aspects of this business um, that, by the way, that history can act as a, a millstone around somebody's neck, or you can learn from it. I, I had somebody uh, ask me a question one time when I was very young. I happened to be sitting front row and he looked down and he said, how long have you been in the real estate business? Eight years, it was actually about nine years. And he said, now let me ask you a question. There's a thousand people in the audience. And he says, have you been in the business eight years or have you been in the nine years or have you been in the business one year, nine times? And I think that stuck. And the difference, the difference is, are you learning? Are you applying what you learn? And are you growing with the business? And, you, you know, that's been, uh, that's one of, been one of the early trainings uh, that you have to adapt. And, and, and so that's, that's what kind of brought us together and how we ended up in this venture. Yeah, you won me over when uh, we were at a uh, 
we were at a conference. I didn't really know you that well yet. And you got up and started telling a story about Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I was like, oh, yes. Like, I'm like, this is my guy right now. Like, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love your example, too. Have you been in it, you know, one a year, nine times? That's an example. A lot of times people will ask me, like friends and whatever, they'll be like, do you ever get like, you know, when you're jumping around city to city and you're, you're, you're talking about something, you're talking about the same thing, you know, in a bunch of different cities, does it ever get old? And I always say that I always remember that it's not my it's not my 50th time delivering it. It's their first time hearing it. And that's all that matters, yeah. right? And it's just a different, completely different way of looking at it. And Dan, I met you. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I, I think I think I will. Uh, I met you. You and I were introduced and you were like the fun guy in the middle of it all. I'm pretty sure you were triple fisting and uh and everybody's like whatever and then you're like either you said it or someone else said it. they're like yeah he's the ceo and i was like what like this is i love this man this is awesome like this is exactly who i would be uh uh you know running the company do it just kind of down to earth having fun like you know joking with everybody uh so we got off to a good a good start with that why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of where united came from yeah so um i i grew up in an environment my father was an engineer with nasa so, you know, we thought we were German until we took one of those DNA tests and I figured out that I'm, I'm 67% Irish and the rest of it's Portuguese. Did you, just, so, did you just start off your story with my father was an engineer with NASA? Yeah, yeah. So I grew, I just wanted to put some context as to what kind of house I grew up in. I mean, that's the ultimate over the top right there. I mean, right. you know, well, you know, my, my, my father was a nuclear, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. It, it gets a lot better from there, Jared. Yeah. <laughs> So I grew up in an environment where he, there was a right way and a wrong way to do things. And he was extremely rigorous and disciplined. And my mom was this energetic, you know, all about love, all about joy, all about, you know, doing, just treating people really well and, and leaving them better than you found them and energy and all that stuff. So it's kind of this really weird swirl that went in my head. Um, but we, uh, you know, just a little bit of background. I, I kind of I started in Chicago, went to Dallas, worked as a river guide in Jackson Hole. Um, I'm very, very curious. And uh, I was running a technology company in Dallas that some one group of our investors, uh, some former Microsoft guys bought us out, took a year and a half off and, and bought United Country Real Estate in 06. And then, you know, we got curious. We're always curious. And we were looking for how we could potentially uh, grow the business and create a bigger referral platform for our agents and brokers. So we started United Real Estate. And when we first started it, um, really the goal was to create a really big network of folks in the city um, in metropolitan areas that could refer us their clients because that was the one missing piece from the marketing platform. And then we got more curious, started studying the models. And in 2011, we started United and, and now United is actually bigger in volume collectively we have about 9,000 agents and it's really cool because we started with a blank sheet of paper there was about 12 people in the room when we yeah. started you know kind of moving it around and we were trying to develop a model that would be prepared for the next for the next 20 years um, and that would be sensitive to um, you know the dynamics of the empowered agent the technology that's out there the ability to work mobily ironically enough given what we're facing right now paperless as, as you do this from your your son's car <laughs> excuse me i said as you do this with your son driving a car yeah i mean it's it's it's, a, it's an incredible world we live in right so but the business models that we when we looked around and there was a good smart group of people there was you know there's a ton of us everything from attorneys to to brokers 
and we all sat around and we said, well, if we had a blank sheet of paper and there were no constraint functions, what business model would we create? And we set it in motion and it started getting some traction and then it got more traction. Um, and now we're, we're, we have, you know, close to 90 offices and about, you know, eight, 9,000 folks around the country and uh, it's going great. And it's empowered by a big, huge investment in technology that we've made. And I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. It's been, but I think it's, you know, I think your question is, is more about kind of what, what drives it all. And I believe it's just a core curiosity and you kind of assemble a bunch of people that want to see if they can change the world positively. And that's, I think we've done that to a little, to a small extent and we're not done yet. So we'll see. The culture that you guys have, because, you know, like I said, I've done, I've done a bunch of your events now and, uh, I've started now when I go to those events, I usually even come out and go to the, the pre-parties and whatever, because I've gotten to know so many people now. And whereas usually I'm kind of a hotel body, I just stay in my room, whatever. And I mean, the, the, the culture is palpable, right? I mean, it's, it's uh, obviously it always is going to flow from the top down or whatever, but I'm curious, has that just kind of happened by, you know, happenstance? Is that something you guys actually think about and, and are intentional about? Is that, you know, where do you think that comes from? Um, it's definitely um, intentional, but it's it really started with an exercise uh, when we first got involved with the United Country. It was one of the things I was most attracted to. Um, you know, culture is is very difficult to create, and but once you have it, um, if you hire to it and you aspire to adhere to your guiding principles and your values, you find that things run really smoothly. And the most precious thing in any company is not your balance sheet. It's not how much money you make, it's the culture. And it's how you're gonna act when no one's watching. You know, what are you gonna do? What do you believe in as a collective group? And you, if you hire to it, and not, you're not gonna be perfect every day, you're gonna make all sorts of mistakes, innocently or otherwise. And if you do your best to kind of, kind of stay in, in line with your values and guiding principles, things run, run smoothly. It's amazing. If you hire and, and, and when it's not, and when it's not, um, uh, you know, it, I think the power, Dan, of the company, come, this culture comes from a, a wellspring of authenticity. I think it's just there. It's part, you know, we always say speed of the leader, speed of the team. And Dan, your energy and enthusiasm for the operation just permeates everything. Um, well, I appreciate that, Rick. You, you, if you think about companies who that, that say, oh yeah, let's see, Disney's got a great culture. Let's replicate Disney. Those efforts always fail because they're yep. built on that. If it's authentic and then you work to sustain its authentic place, that can work. You mean, do you mean because they are, they're more looking at what they want theirs to be based on, uh, uh, what they see and they like over there, but that's not necessarily who they are. So it's right. not authentic. Right. No. They 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 go shopping for a culture and they say, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to grab that one. And we're going to, and they pay it um, probably more than lip service. They try to implement, but it's not, it's not in the fabric of who they are. You know, I, I, we have a mantra that says we're in the business of changing the financial trajectory of our agents' careers and sometimes even their lives. And when you focus on that, um, you know, it's like Zig Ziglar's famous quote that says you can get as you can get everything you want and need in life if you just help enough people get what they want and need. And um, and uh, that's what I hey, Rick, that's, that's what, what that's I what loved you, about. That's what I loved about you when I met you. You I was sitting in the back of the room talking to uh, uh, some gentleman and and I heard you out of the corner of my ear. You were the next on stage 
and the way you talked about your passion for agents and and changing their trajectories and your the way you viewed the the industry and where it was going we have a unique opportunity as a group and i think we're all empowered by it um and we wake up every day excited about it because we legitimately are are everything we're doing results in better outcomes for the agents you know and and we get an opportunity to meet people at one phase in their life they come into the system and then you get an email from them six months later or two years later saying you know i was able to keep more of what i earned whether it was a commission check or in the case of united country the marketing program is so constantly refined and curated that they were able to win a listing a $1.8 million listing, command a, a strong commission structure and change their lives. And yep. I personally, you know, I took a year and a half off after there was some change in ownership in my last business, you know, we sold or whatever. And I looked around for a company that I could be passionate about. I like to be outdoors, like to hunt, like to fish, don't do very much of it lately. But I really, really loved the fact that I can, I can go to bed at night and in the second half of my career, I know that when I'm sitting on that porch somewhere in Mississippi and I'm looking at the red dirt and my grandkids are out there in a tire swing and I'm in a planter's chair, Google it. It's pretty cool. You can take your muddy feet and put it up on these little slats that swing around. And I'm sitting there drinking some iced tea that we created something that changed a lot of people's lives for the better. Yeah. And I, I want to be part of that. I, I, so, that's worth getting out of bed for. I could make a hell of a lot more money, guys. Quite frankly, I could make a hell of a lot more money going into investment banking or, yes. or just quite frankly doing something else. I really love what we do. And the day I don't love it, I'll turn the keys over to someone else. So then let's, let's, let's for example, talk about that. You talked a lot about the agents. Uh, you talked about changing their financial uh, trajectory and every once in a while their lives too. Uh, this period that we're in right now, right, where, you know, basically it's unprecedented, everybody's in lockdown, everybody's, you know, it's, it's not permanent, but for a lot of people, it feels permanent. What have the conversations been? Have you guys had any difficult conversations where, you know, agents are struggling, or they're scared, or they're whatever? Like, what have the conversations been right now? Yeah, I, Dan, I'll, I'll take that, you know, yeah, we've had some of those conversations. We haven't had as much as you would probably think. Um, that's been a, it's a kind of an interesting eye-opening experience to know that our agents and brokers, owners and managers out there are already on this. They know the story that with crisis comes opportunity. I've been through Katrina and levees failing, floods, cities that filled up with mud, no hospitals, no post offices, no police force, no power grid. And then we had Deepwater Horizon in the, in the Gulf of Mexico that dumped 5 million uh, gallons of oil over 90 days. That does tremendous damage to the psyche. I don't, let's not talk about you know, the other parts for now. That does tremendous damage to the psyche. And what you learn is that with every one of these moments, there's, there's, a, uh, there's an opportunity on the other side to prosper. And if you if you set the tone, if you set your yourself in motion throughout the the period that we're in right now, you'll be well positioned. I remember when Katrina, when Deepwater uh, was having was ha we were having that event, Deepwater Rising. Uh, I called a real estate broker that I knew in Anchorage, Alaska, and I said, "Give me the download. Tell me everything that happened after the Exxon Valdez ran aground. That was the largest oil spill in the world previously." She said, "Write this down. You're not going to believe it." You're going to sell more real estate 
after this event starts to clear than uh, you would ever imagine. I said, yeah, 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 right, that's not true. It turned out to be exactly true. Um, there's a lot of, the, the end of the story isn't by any stretch written on a lot of different fronts. We don't know this story. We don't know how it ends. So what we're doing is preparing ourselves for that fundamental belief things with danger, with crisis comes opportunity. And we're prepping the organization to take advantage of that. Um, yeah, and I think to Rick, to add to that, I, I, and this is something, Jared, for your, your folks, I, I, along, I don't know where it came from, but when the water gets rougher, I like to drop keel and get really calm. I mean, re really calm. Yeah, and yeah. because then your brain works. Yeah, you know, a lot. The first reaction, oftentimes, to a shocking event is to freeze. You know, you're like, "What is going on?" Try yeah. to process a lot of information, and then you either flee, or you continue to freeze, or you fight. Yeah. And I, I think we, 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 you know, Rick, myself, you know, Mike, Dave, the rest of the team, and actually all of our brokers from around the country, there was a little bit of, "Okay, what's going on?" You know, and that's more of the freeze mode. But then very quickly, and I think a lot of people are of this ilk. I mean, if you listen to the media all day long, it, it, they're just, Please. God, you know, they're just trying to get more, you know, viewership. They're being, Ratings, whatever. Man, right? I'm just, you don't get for, by making people feel better. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think that, you know, psychologically, we're in, we're very much in the, even though it's a negative term, sometimes the fight mode. And we are logically processing what opportunities we're, we're aggressively going after listings because we know when the market comes back, we have a systemic issue with listing inventory in the United States. I was on the phone with the CEO of a large Canadian firm today, and we were talking and sharing best practices and what's going on, what are they doing with their teams, how are they keeping everyone engaged. And you know that we we both kind of walked away. This is a this is a massive, as sad as it is, and as challenging and has un, as just heartbreaking as it is. You know, we owe it to our society so that we're strong and we can support people after this and our people to really apply our best efforts, our best creative. And it keeps your mind moving and you're moving in a directed way and it lowers the anxiety if there is any. So I find myself being even more busy. I think we have a very positive aperture, despite the fact it's a challenging situation. And I think, you know, our, our keels in our boat are very deep right now and we're yeah. very calm and we're not being Pollyannish about it. Um, we're facing it head on, but at the same time, there are in fact preparatory things that you can do to get ready for what Rick just said. When the, when this, when this cloud moves on and we come up with a vaccine or, or even before, right. there is going to be a chasm of opportunity, like this oh, huge pile of opportunity. It's, man. it's like blocked up right now. Oh God, it's going to be literally, Huge, huge. And, Believe me. And you know, when you, it's going to be. No, I'm not. I'm not. Can't even. Do no, it. no, no. I shouldn't. Do it. <laughs> you know, um, the other thing, Jared. It's a happy hour. It's a happy hour. It's God a happy it's hour. Happy. It is. Um, you, you know, we had we had a, and I gotta be careful, but 98 percent of our transactions pulled through um, in yep. the month of March. 98 percent. You can't. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, so, and our pendings, Rick, our pendings next month are uh, way the hell up. And, and I know. We might have Counter a fallouts, but we actually are set up to have an we per our pipeline, which we have great visibility across the country. I actually had a board call, Rick, um, 
this morning and they said, well, how's it looking for April? And I said, guys, you know, pipe we might filled. have some fallout, but we're not seeing it. Yeah. Uh, you know, are, are we, are we concerned? Yeah. We're making, we're taking the necessary steps to run a prudent business financially, yeah. and, but I'll tell you, uh, to, if you would have said a month ago, as this was starting to come out of the ground, uh, what kind of closing rate you're going to have in, in March, we would not have said 98%. Yeah, right. No, I'd have said 60. Part of the difficult conversations that we have is just tell the facts. The pipeline yeah. of pendings continues to happen. Now we're going to have, you know, fewer listings have coming on board, but we've literally, if you, if you, you probably you did the first two months of the year from NAR, Stats up nine percent year. Oh, everything was trending towards That's incredible the market in over a decade, right? Yeah. And, and so, by the so way, like I keep saying this on all the calls, like once this is all over, first off, all that money that was taken out of the, the stock market has to go somewhere. That's how money works. And I'm telling you, some of those people that pull the money out of the stock market are going to go, "Hey, you know what doesn't decrease by twenty percent overnight? Real estate. Real estate. You know, and real estate. You say, you know, rate, what's that?" I have a, an incredible, I think we're the only person that might have this stat. We're the largest rural right. real estate company too. And we have offices all over the country. We started surveying them. Hey, what's going on in your markets? Because it's fundamentally different than being in New York or being in Chicago and Dallas or Beverly Hills or wherever. Right. We are out of inventory. And by we the way, just so everybody knows, that's part of what really separates you guys is you hit those rural markets. Well, we hit both, right? Yeah, so we, we have 5,000 agents. Yeah, we have 5,000 agents and 90 office in major urban areas, you know, mm -hmm. Miami and Boston and um, what in Dallas, Chicago, Beverly Hills, whatever, Washington, D.C. But we also have the largest network of rural real estate. Yes. So people in D.C. are buying are buying everything in rural Virginia. Our inquiries were because, up because, well, because they pulled their money out of where it was before and now it has to go somewhere else. Well, and it's also mm -hmm. because we, we saw this after 9-11. When things in major urban markets, when there's a shock to the major urban markets or the potential perception, not reality, the perception that, you know, hey, I might need to have a place to get away from the populace. They want an acreage. They want 100 acres yeah. and they want a house within a two hour drive of a major. So our website, you know, you know UnitedCountry.com, the traffic is off the charts. The, the inquiries are off the charts. Yeah. And the biggest thing we're hearing from our offices is. I've got all my properties are pending and gone under contract. I need more inventory. And how do I do that remotely? You know, how do I collect more inventory remotely? Yeah. The rural, rural real estate market is on fire right now. Now, yeah. it's a little bit too early. Our royalties are down about 15%, which is a proxy for transactions. But that could be a simple delay by the offices to say, you know what? I need to hold on to a little bit more of my cash to make certain I can weather this storm. And we understand some of that happens in these times. We'd appreciate if they paid on time, but you know, that, that happens. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're seeing, you know, and we're, we're going to be doing some more scientific surveys as opposed to conversational statistics. But right now it looks like United countries on fire. I mean, all of our, our predictive metrics regarding website traffic inquiries are way the hell up. Interesting. So really quick here, guys, before I go to my next question, uh, my team just, sent me a text and reminded me that I, we were going to do something a little different today. Uh, so we do, we do our yearly event every year, uh, the Jared James Advance. This year we're doing it uh, in Nashville in October. And we have decided, since I've been doing these happy hours every day, we are going to give away a free ticket. 
Uh, we've been between about 400 to 500 uh, live viewers during this whole time right now. So if you want a chance, you're watching this and you want a chance to win a free ticket to Nashville in October, because God knows you're going to want to get away uh, and come to the Jared James Advance, I need you to take a picture of the screen or however you want to do it that you're at this right now. I need you to tag me on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I'm at Jared James today. I'm pretty much Jared James today on everything. Tag me and put the hashtag happy hour with Jared James, okay? My team is going to go look at that and we're gonna give away a free ticket. So take a picture of the screen, uh, tag me on here on Facebook or on uh, Instagram at Jared James today. Although another easy way to find those places is just go to connectwithjared.com, click on Instagram, click on Facebook, um, tag me and put the hashtag happy hour with Jared James. Extra credit if you say something nice about our guests. And uh, uh, my team's going to go look at that later, and we're going to give away a free ticket uh, to that event based on you being on here. We figured it'd be a fun thing to do since we've been doing this every night and getting great viewership. So um, back to the uh, back to the interview. Um, <clears throat> I'm curious, guys. So I think that's awesome, and I and I you know that that's that's a side to it that I don't know that everybody's thought about is that it's almost like diversification in the sense that you guys are in the metropolitan, you're in you know, the rural places and the rural places are where people are going to when, you know, the crap hits the fan in the metropolitan. So that's an interesting take. What are you guys like, what are you guys listening to right now? What are you watching or what are you like reading or what are you paying attention to, to kind of stay up to date on what's going on and try to stay positive because, you know, the, the feeling I'm getting from you guys, and I've talked to you guys offline. I know that you guys aren't doom is gloom and, you know, the world is ending people in regards to this whole thing. Uh, so what are you guys watching, listening, paying attention to that's keeping you informed, but, you know, off the cliff? Uh, man. you know, I, it's so hard. It, I, I, uh, it's so hard to listen, but it's in some, it's everything you have to, I have this, uh, this kind of personal mantra. You write drunk and edit sober. So I listen <laughs> to everything. Hold on, say it again. What? It's the poet's axiom. The poet's axiom. You write drunk, <laughs> free and easy, but you edit when you're sober. And and so I I, I read everything. I my days. Um, hey, this is another this is another <laughs> interesting development. Um, I haven't set my personal alarm clock in a, well over a year. I started at United in November of eighteen. I haven't had my personal alarm. I haven't had an alarm clock to wake up. I wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock. You're talking about PM, right? You wake up at 4.35 PM? <laughs> yeah. Hey, could you say happy hour again, Jared? <laughs> say the words happy hour. Happy hour? I'm playing a drinking game. Every time you say happy hour, I drink. <laughs> Did I just see that? That's awesome. All right. So but wait a minute. So, so yeah. So I get up early. I suck it all in. And then I decide what to pay attention to. That's a little bit of a dangerous game today because the news is so negative and so filled with fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Um, but as long as you edit sober, take it all in, edit sober. So whether it's uh, you know Notorious Rob or Mike Delpreet or Inman or Zellman is a great source of what's happening in the financial markets relative to real estate. Um, but I read it all. I read news releases for our our primary competitors. I watch stocks um, and watch the market respond. I don't know if you saw Realogy was at 270, 269 and a half today. 
hard to believe. But you take it all in, decide what to pay attention to based on some core values, and you move on and lead. And that's that's kind of how I'm rolling. Now, if you wanted to, you don't have to answer this. Yeah. Are you guys allowed to buy stock in a competing company? <laughs> yeah, we can. At 270? <laughs> that's what I was, that's my oh, Really? <laughs> I mean, good Lord. Hey, yeah. just admit it. Just admit it, Rick. Who cares? Admit it. Yeah, yeah hell yeah, I do. You think it's a little <laughs> undervalued? I mean, my God. It's a little what? A little undervalued? Uh, just a little. Just wait. a little. Yeah, but wait, there's more to that story. Um, I just do it for medicinal purposes because if I own the shares, I get Are we still to, talking about stock. I, or I get to put. <laughs> what did you say? Happy hour. <laughs> so no, because then you get to participate on the shareholder calls and and really hear it well. But so it's it, honestly, it's a great question because you have to you have to do two things in times like this. You have to safeguard your your mental um, state especially when you're charged with leading, you have to be up and you have to be aware. I listen. Nobody wants a depressed, you know, you know, whatever doom is gloom leader. Seven o'clock last night, I got a um, blast from some folks at NAR. Rick, you got to see this. Got it. Formed it into a conference call. I put out an invitation. Uh, one hour later, we had 90, I'll just say 99% of our brokers, owners, and managers on that call. So part of my part of my role, and I think part of our role as leaders is discernment. There's a topic called yeah. leaders framed, especially in times of trouble, in times of uncertainty. Our one of our key roles is to frame and help people see a bigger picture than where they're 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 sitting in their world. So, I love that. I love that. I, I haven't heard it said like that, but that's 100% true, right? I mean, that's what I'm trying to do on a regular basis here with the audience. That's what you guys are doing with your. You're not, you're not, you know, skewing the facts. You're not, you're framing it uh, to the viewpoint that they need to see it through in order to succeed. Right. I love right, that. Right on. So, and you know, I should have said this in the beginning, Jared, you, you had, uh, you've been to United country two years, you're at United real estate this year in, um, in Scottsdale and you hit it out of the park and each year you're one of our highest rated speakers. So I would say that to you, you know, since Arizona and, and Arlington, I haven't had, we haven't had much time to talk, but um, well done, really well done. Seriously, thank you. Um, I, I honestly, uh, I, I, you know, I do a lot of events and I hit it off with your people. Love them, good people. Yeah, and really they love you. People, good people, average leaders. And uh, <laughs> 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 no, you guys, Jessica, no, you guys, you, know what? you guys are amazing. Like, honestly, like that's cause we can joke around or whatever, you guys are amazing, but uh, so, so I love that you're listening to a lot of stuff. You're taking it all in. You're trying to figure out, you know, what, what's worth listening to, what's not worth listening to. Um, what do you guys see the role, you know, right now with this quarantining and everything, it is temporary. You know, they're going to open business back up sooner rather than later. Do you see it having um, any kind of long-term effects on the industry from the perspective of, will people now know it's an option and start doing more virtual tours? Will, will there be more, uh, let, will there be more offices shut down and realizing that, hey, we can just do, you know, Zoom meetings and we don't need 10 offices in 10 cities? Be like, what do you guys see as the result of all this quarantining? I, I, I think um, I'll, I'll take this one. I think that what it's done for us, we have a, uh, let me use two examples. One example is um, we have an a automatic video lacing technology with a company called VideoFizz. 
uh-huh. and we can take the MLS data and we can automatically create videos and then the, uh, the, the individual agents can edit it. Well, they can also do a virtual home tour and they can do a virtual open house. So the adoption of that technology, which in the past, I would argue videos were poorly done and they were done with cumbersome, uh, cumbersome technology, that video fizz solution, I just got the charts from our, our partner video fizz this morning and the adoption rate has gone through the roof. And so I think that some of the behaviors because of now this happening, they, they, I like to say that we're now becoming a more uh, tech enabled economy, meaning that like, it's no longer an option. Like if right. you're not tech enabled as a company today, you have now been exposed. You know, I, I said yep. on the last one, like if, if you were still doing manila folders in your file cabinet and then all this crap just hit the fan, you were screwed. Right. Yeah. So you think I mean, we were, we were, we were either better, better lucky than good, but we had actually just launched at both conventions. Um, we automatically create uh, fizzes videos uh, for hundred percent of all of our listings. And they're different than what has historically been created and the price point to do it, the ease of use, the user interface of that technology suite that we put in place. And the fact that we create auto-generated fizzes, that happened to coincide with this, this event. And the timing and was perfect. The timing was perfect. So it's great. Our agents were equipped and now they're adopting it at a faster pace. The adoption thing, is a brokerage. Adoption's all that matters, right? Like, I mean, how many yeah. things can you put out and it's amazing and it's whatever, but nobody does it. So what is it really, you know? Yeah, I mean, to use a medical term, because everyone's tossing them around like we all have, you know, MDs or whatever, you know, it's the efficacy of any program that a France, you to ask any franchise or any major network, what's your biggest challenge? The biggest challenge is not innovating. The biggest challenge is not creating new things and new tools. It's the efficacy of whether or not the medicine got to the part of the body and did its job. By the way, if your dad works at NASA, you can say that. Oh, okay. Well, I doubt he ever used the word efficacy. He probably used Kimballing or something else. I don't know. You have to Google that one. But but it's pretty cool because we're seeing that even the paperless, we're entirely paperless on United, obviously. And so we didn't skip a beat, you know, ability to get, you know, the only thing we really touch manually is some checks here and there. Most yeah. of them are actually just automatically deposited. So from a close- You were, you were prepared for this moment. Like, like I always say there's two businesses you're working in. You should always be working on the business you're in and the business you're going to be in, right? Yeah. Your point and is- We've been working on the business we're going to be in for since the inception of both companies. I mean, yeah. United Country is a hundred year old business. Yeah. United is only eight years old, nine years old. And so from the onset, we were trying to build a company, not just for this decade, but for the next 10 decades. Yeah. And so a lot of the things we did, we tried to kind of, and purposefully from a differentiation perspective and being able to afford- to offer an agent 100% commission model in the urban residential space, we had to innovate and create systems that, quite frankly, are perfectly aligned to this market. Look, if an agent afterwards, I think it's going to accelerate the transition from traditional models where you have broker splits, all those traditional splits. This is going to accelerate. If there's going to be fewer transactions, people are going to say, well, I need to keep more of my commission. I think this is the trends that were already underway that were that were correct are going to be accelerated as a result of this shocking event, this event that happened. It's, it's saying, oh, these models tend to work really well when these things happen, when shocks. You saw some people exiting the iBuyer arena. Some? Well, I, yeah, well, okay, I'm just trying to be I polite. I mean, iBuyer shut down right now. Yeah, I'm just trying to be polite. 
So, it, but it, yeah. it makes a lot of sense to have iBuyer if you can flip the inventory after you do some work on it or otherwise. It makes a ton of sense. But if you're going to carry that much paper and that much weight, I mean, it doesn't make sense. When the chairs stop, when you stop, the music stops and there's two less chairs, you got to say, whoa, whoa, I don't know if we can carry this much inventory, you know, for how long of a period of time. So it's unfortunate. There were some positive things. I know this is going to be controversial with the iBuyer right. stuff and that we were ready to play ball with, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but those things, I think the whole model is going to take a five-year pause. You know, it's a five-year pause. But I think companies, some of the companies that have made and adjusted, I think you mentioned earlier about other public companies. I think Redfin is a smart organization. Glenn is brilliant. And I think that them kind of making their decision around their iBuyer, this is my opinion. I'm not, you know, I think he's- Dude, It's happy hour, man. Say, say what you're thinking. Yeah, I think, I think it, was, it was brilliant. I think he, I think his moves he's made, he, he just walked away, his culturally, the way he runs things in that company, I, I think he's excellent. I think he's an excellent, um, he's a worthy opponent. And you were at my presentation at both of the, or both the conventions. And I featured a book, which I think everyone should read right now because it could not be more germane. It is the perfect book. It's, it's the infinity game. And it is talking about worthy opponents, you know, worthy rivals. And, and it's, so just, everybody, it's the, just so everybody was so clear, it's the infinity game. It, the infinity game is the book and it is one of the best business books written in the last 10 years. And you start with a worthy cause, but you have to have a worthy rival to challenge you to aspire. It's not that you want to beat the hell out of your competitor. You want them to aspire you to do better and push your potential. Like, like Apple needed Microsoft, like, like basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think like Redfin and some of these new models and even us yeah. for us, instead of having some of their traditional models look at us as being quote unquote disruptors, which is an overused term. Oh, wait, um, I'm so, I'm so tired of hearing about disruption right now. I know it's, it's ridiculous. It's like someone got it in their, their lexicon and they decided to not ever let it out. We've labeled, we've labeled in all of the, in all of the uh, articles and everything else, we've labeled compass a, a disruptor. And, and I'm like, well, what are we disrupting here? It's the same model, but with, with right. capital behind it. What, what do you mean right. a disruptor? It's a totally yeah, yeah, used we, term. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna take the we take the high road when we talk about competitors. I will not speak about compass at all. They're not even really well, whatever. We'll leave it at that. But I think we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. But but I, I do though, as you said that, Rick, you sent me an article the other day. We were talking about these eye buyers. Mm -hmm. right? And I and I think I don't know if you remember this article, but in this article you had talked about uh, this article talked about what's going on. I think Zillow stopped uh stopped eye buying, stopped buying properties, and kind of left some people hanging. Do you remember that? I do. Well, it's, it, they stopped the sales in process. Absolutely. And so well, the people who had been- here's, here's the most important part of that. For a long time, algorithmic purchasing of properties seemed to make sense. And it does make sense as long as you're in an appreciating market and it's moving rapidly. But let there be a slowdown for an extended time in the market. And as Dan said, it's, it, 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 does, it upends the economic story associated with that. What yeah, I, carrying costs. What I'm carrying costs are, are ridiculous. So if you said, "What's the what's the mantra for purchasing property?" It's buy low and sell high. Well, if you enter the real estate market with an effort to buy thousands of properties um, at the highest it's ever been, higher than before the bubble burst in two, 2008, then and you have any kind of a hiccup, this is what's going to happen. What I'm most excited about, and this isn't related to a specific competitor. 
What I'm most excited about is that our agents nailed it in March and they're gonna do the same thing in April. They're pulling through 98% of close of pended contract. So while we were closing 98%, other operations and other models weren't having that kind of success. That's the story of value. And we're in a position right now, Jared, to be able to tell that story of value to the buyers and sellers, landlords and tenants, investors, to tell the story of value and what that expertise that we have in our company means. We have a, we have an, in short, we have the best moment in a long time to prove, to share, prove and show our value to consumers. And that's what we're well I have a question in that regards, but I'm first in our comments, uh, we're hearing from people that Dan did not say what he likes to pay attention to now, as far as like, what do you read or watch or consume or, you know, whatever on a daily basis or whatever to kind of stay afloat to what's happening and, you know, whatever. Do you have stuff that you consume? Yeah, I like, um, I like Mad Money because I think the guy. Oh my God, that fun. fits you so well. He's funny as hell. And tell me you don't want his job. Uh, no, I, Who, Kramers? No, I, I have the job I want. I love, I love what I do. Good answer. So, Good answer. But I love, I love the fact that he just kind of calls it, you know, and he just talks in a very, um, a very frank way. He's wrong. Sometimes everyone is, no one has a crystal ball. Everybody but, with an opinion is wrong. Sometimes that's the price of having an opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact he sticks his neck out there. He's a brilliant man. You know, I, I dig him. You know, I just, I'd like him to cover our company. That would be awesome. I'd love to get his opinion about it. We'd learn is something. Goal? Is that your goal? One day get covered by, by Kramer? Uh, you know, being a public company, it just sounds like getting my teeth drilled, you know? I don't so, think yeah, so, uh, uh, you won't be able to have, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the drive-through, whatever, uh, on happy hours anymore. They'll be yeah. like, drink nothing but water. And you do not, yeah. you do not eat fast food. You only, you only eat steak. So, First, before I give you the rest of my answer, I want to say happy hour, happy hour, happy hour, happy oh, hour. Oh, God, you're <laughs> killing me. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll be busy for a while. <laughs> all right, so, and then the other thing, I, I love watching on Sunday mornings, they have the morning program um, that is kind of a lot of liberal art bent, but it also does kind of a nice balanced approach to what's going on in the world. Um, and it has that sun, you know, that's a, it's an excellent program. Um, I like to actually I flip from uh, I go to CNN for a bit and then I go to Fox for a bit kind of almost want to throw up on both ends of the spectrum you know right. but I try to absorb two different perspectives and takes I read a lot about industry and I've been making a lot read? of I'm calls. curious about that do you read because I'm going to tell you in yeah. today's world I don't read a lot I listen to audible I listen to podcasts I watch YouTube I don't do a lot of short of being on vacation where I want a physical book and lay in the sun and, you know, do this, you know, whatever. Are you actually reading? Yes. I order books. I'm old school. I order books. I like to touch the paper. That's what I like on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I like to, I read a couple books a month. And then I also have this other weird quirk. When I'm in an, in an airport, I always walk through the little bookstore and I'll grab two or three magazines that aren't directed to me. People you know, Magazine, Us. Well, you know, even Cosmopolitan. I'll read random stuff, and I actually read the the ads. Dude, I don't know if you're joking right now, but no, no I'm not. Sometimes in airports, no. I grab the most, like, ridiculous gossip yeah. magazine, and then I'm yeah. embarrassed to pull it out on the plane, but I just need a break. Like, yeah. I just need a break. 
I'm actually, I actually, I, I love, and I love um, kind of digesting quality, not just regurgitated business books, like zero to one. That was original thinking from a, a genius presentation at Stanford University. It was an excellent book about how, you know, you know, it just all the precepts of it were just dead on the money. Probably the best business book. I mean, good to great and good, built to last all those legacy ones. But but zero to one is excellent. I've read it like four times. I made all my boys read it. I have, you know, at the time I gave them, they were 14 years old. I, I, I when I finished a really good high quality book, I give it to my boys and I say, you must read this. And we're going to have a conversation. Dude, um, dude, my son on his, I forget it was his birthday or something. He wanted uh, uh, Grant Cardone's book, the 10X, uh, whatever it's called. Yeah. This is, the, this is where it's like, cool, what you do for a living. I got to send him a message with my son. And he wrote back, hello, tell your kid I said, what's up, you know, whatever. And it's like the cool parts of the job. But like my son wanted to read that for his birthday. He's like, get me a book. Get me a, yeah. you know, doesn't, doesn't fall far from the tree. And the fun part about it, Jared, is we talked about one of our sidebars is I like to take history books, like even like Magellan, there was an incredible book about Magellan. I love his, uh, anything about history because I like to, the challenge, the intellectual challenge of reading something that doesn't seem to apply to today yeah. and say, what lessons did we learn or not learn or forget from this history? So I watch a lot of history programs. And when do, you guys, when do you guys, I love historical programs, I love biographies. When are you guys, like I said, I listen to everything because I'll listen while I'm driving, I'll listen while I'm walking to an airport, I'll listen while I'm on planes. Where are you finding time to read books? Like by the time I get home, like tonight's going to be a late night when I'm trying to do a bunch of different things. I'm going to go home and usually I'd want to throw on some kind of live sports and just have my brain shut off. When are you finding time to physically read? Um, uh, on, late on planes and in hotel rooms. Yeah. Late mornings when I'm late, I'm sorry, late evenings when I'm by myself. A lot of that's hotel, but a lot of times it's just, when, when everything's in the house and everybody's drifting off to sleep, that's why I'm usually looking at uh, looking at writing. All right, so let's 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 start to bring this home, Dan, because I feel like you're walking slow because you have to go somewhere. No, I don't, man. Are you <laughs> kidding? I'm 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 digging this. This is happy hour. Oh, by the way, I hate your guts right now. You look like you're in beautiful weather, and like, oh God, where is that? Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Kansas City right now. It's it's gorgeous here. Oh, nice. World's still spinning. That's where headquarters is, right? Because because I remember like I think I remember like contracts and stuff coming from Kansas City. Yeah, it's actually uh, the legacy company is in Kansas City, and then the, our holding company is actually in, I actually office out of Dallas, but live uh, principally in Kansas City. Is that your home there? Excuse me. Is that your home there? Uh, no, back here somewhere. Oh, very nice, man. Looks like a great neighborhood. Um, so guys, where, what do you think agents and brokers should be focused on today? Like in light of everything we're seeing right now, in light of what's happening, in light of, like I said, I know this is temporary, not permanent, but where should agents and brokers be focused each day? What should they be focused on? Communication. With clients, with agents, with themselves, um, taking some time to be reflective what, and really being creative. And I tell you, Rick mentioned something earlier. We surveyed a bunch of people and created 50 things you can do as a real estate professional while we have these modified work arrangements. Right. We're more than happy to share it with everybody. Um, right on. We'll, 
We'll send it out to you guys. Actually, well, Jared, we'll send it to you immediately. I mean, it was I'll a tell clever you what, you, know, you know what we'll do for everybody watching right now? Um, if, you, if you send that to us, we'll post it. We have a Facebook group called Jared James Coaching. Uh, yep. 10,000 agents in there from all over the world. If you guys send that to me, for everybody who's watching right now, type into Facebook, type Jared James Coaching. It's a group. You'll have to request to join. If you send that to me, we'll post it in the group for everybody. We'll give you guys credit. And say, hey, ah. guys, this is a this is a gift from United States to all of you guys as like a you know we're all in this together. Uh, here's something to help you out. Yeah, perfect. We don't need you know, credit, man. We, you, you know what? Take credit, bro. It doesn't matter. You, would, you know would. what's what's brilliant about that is especially in 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 the moments that we're in now. There's a there's another axiom called none of us are as smart as all of us. And that, that kind of sharing right now is important. And that came from not Dan and Rick sitting on a phone trying to figure out how do we get to 50. That actually came because we asked our brokers, owners, managers, and some agents and our senior team, what what do we need to what do we need to be paying attention to the while we're in this? The smartest person in the room is always the room. Like that's it's always the that, room. That's literally like it's why like whenever we're dealing with our our students or whatever, a lot of times people will they'll they'll DM me a question right on Instagram or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I'll write back and I'll say, go post it in our group. And they'll be like, but I want your opinion. And I'm like, awesome, I'll reply in the group. But the smartest person in the room is always the room. The group. Like post it in the group. There's, there's 10,000 plus agents from all over the world that have different perspectives from different markets who have been through different things. Let's hear what the room has to say. So I love that, I love that. Um, so you guys think right now, number one thing that they should be focused on, are you both agree with that? Is it communication? Yep. I, I would say deepening your relationships, well, communication, yep. the vehicle, but deepening your relationships with past, present, future customers. Now more than ever, let them know you're there. Talk to them often, give them meaningful information, not just regurgitation of latest, uh, information about how to wash your hands. It's service right now, man. But service. there's enough of that going on. You know, we're, um, we're telling we're telling all of our people right now that this is your chance to take a defibrillator to your database. Yep. Please, Amen. All those people that you, have, that you lost contact with and you're afraid to contact because you don't know what to say and, and you feel embarrassed. And don't want to call and say, hey, uh, uh, you look by yourself. This is an opportunity right now. If you'll switch your mindset from that of a salesperson to that of service to simply reach out and say, hey, how are you? Is there anything yep. I can do right now? Because that right there is going to open back up those lines of communication. And now you can get right with what you've done wrong all this time where you lost contact. Now you make a promise to yourself, I'm not going to lose contact anymore, right? This is an opportunity right now for everyone to do that. I talked about yep. it in this conference. I said, guys, they did a study. Average lifetime value of a client is $117,000. It's not the three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollars of that yep. one. Lifetime value is one seventeen. For those that take advantage of it, there is a freaking opportunity right now to bring a defibrillator to their database and say, "Let's get this back on track." And Amen. Not think about what they have to say. Just say from a place of service, "How are you? How's the family? Is there anything I can do?" Done. Lines of communication. Yep. You know what, J uh, Jared? You asked about a book. Servant leadership. If you haven't read it in your service industry, right, you need to do it. You need Dude, to do it. Yeah. And that's exactly what you just said. You know what I love? When I was at your event, um, 
I think it was you, Dan, someone said, what does servant leadership mean? And you, and you talked about how it's the idea that, you know, it's not this, this hierarchy where you're all part of my kingdom. Like I serve you. What I freaking loved about that was that the next day at your conference, I was doing the keynote one day and then the next day I was teaching on team building and I was literally laying out for them, um, uh, what the infrastructure looks like of the team growth and in all of our models, and we did this on purpose, the team leader person that was running it all was on the bottom and everything yep. up from there. Saw that. This is exactly like, this is why we did it like this. I didn't go home last night and change this. We did this because the whole point was, was look, I'm doing this, but I don't, you know, it's not like, oh, you all work for me. I'm building my kingdom. You know, my daddy didn't love me enough. You know, whatever. This is me <laughs> serving you. Like, you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is me serving you. This is my chance to give you a workplace that you actually love, to build a culture that you love. To, this is me serving you. And it worked out so perfect when you answered that question at the conference. And then the very next day, I'm showing the infrastructure. And I'm like, guys, this wasn't set up. Like, this is what we believe. It's real. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, guys, any, uh, any parting words for our audience? I mean, we, we've, uh, we've consistently, you know, had between three and 450 on here. This is going to get, like I told you before, in thousands of views. Um, everybody who's watching right now, if you'd enjoyed this, I appreciate it. If you'd leave a comment, thank our guests, tag some people who you think need to watch this, share this so your colleagues and other people uh, can check it out. Any parting words for, for our audience here? Uh, I think two things. One is um, this too shall pass. And, you know, if you study history, there have been many, many challenges and many, many things that we as a, as a larger community have faced and the world has faced and we've made it through it. This is going to pass. Things are going to return to normal. We'll all talk about this, you know, 20 years from now. Where were you when it hit? How did you hunker down? Take, take the, the blessing that is the, in there to spend more time with your family. I, I am, you know. Uh, How great is it not is, hopping on a flight every other day? Don't right. view it as, don't view it as a, a, a takeaway. View it as a gift. I mean, oh, that's hard to say. I mean, we, we obviously pray and we, we send energy and good thoughts and everything to anybody that's impacted by this. And we wish everyone the best. And we're not being Pollyannish about it. But at the same time, there are some gifts tucked in here and if we can only just be wide-eyed enough to, to look for them you know just take the take the blessing that's hidden in this there's a blessing in here and we're going to get through this all of us the whole industry and everybody else we're going to get through it and we're going to come out stronger out the other side so let's let's all let's all hang together and all boats rise right there's plenty of opportunity for everybody there's abundance around us um plenty of plenty of good stuff going on let's not just focus on you know, the, the, the threats of this, you know, it'll, it'll pass. It's going to pass. Hey, every you know, agent be ready. now has had a two month slump before, you know what I mean? Where they didn't sell a property. So take yeah. it as a slump, enjoy your family. And then let's get ready to kick butt. Once that's right. Happens. Rick, Jared. Yeah. I, I think it, it, it may be a little bit similar to Dan, but I want to, I want to say that, you know, that language that sometimes we can catch ourselves using like, Oh, I'm stuck at home. Are you, me you're stuck at home Sometimes when you're in some hotel that you have no business being in and you can't get out um, you have the you have the privilege of being at home uh, Patricia Pollard our relocation director put something up on our internal Facebook page about a week ago we are um, we're 
we need to take stock in the fact that we're extremely blessed yeah. uh, to be in an industry where we can control our own destiny. Yeah. Now, certainly, you know, there are people that can't go to work. I get, but we can make it, we can choose to be something different today than we were two weeks ago. And when this, when the dust settles, it's a blessing to have this kind of a business where we control our own future. The difference between the, the different ways to language that and to think about that is in one sense, you, you're a victim of circumstances. In the other, you're a navigator of your future. And so I guess as a parting uh, concept, I would say, focus every day, get up, make your bed, like uh, Admiral McRaven's speech. If you haven't seen that on YouTube, go watch it. It's yeah. absolutely inspiring. Uh, get up, uh, make your bed, and, uh, and be a navigator of what's coming at us. Hey, and Jared, one, one last thing. I want to show you something, and I want to show everybody something. All right. In this amazing world we live in, look at what's happening here with spring upon us. Look at this bush in, my, in the front of my house that I planted with my boys last year, tore out a tree and planted this. You can't have this kind of beauty and not think the world's an incredible, beautiful place. I mean, look at this. Awesome. You planted that with your boys? Yep. That's awesome. Coming into bloom. And that, to me, is a signal that it's all going to be okay. We're going to make through it. The world moves yeah. on. You guys, you guys are awesome. Hang on a second here, guys. I'm going to stop the live stream for everybody. But, guys, if you're watching this, like I said, if you found any bit of value, do me a favor. Share this right now. Leave a comment. Say thank you to the people uh, that, that were uh, nice enough to join me here. I'm going to be back at it tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then in a couple of weeks, I'll go hit AA. Uh, because I've been setting up happy hours every day with different CEOs and presidents and stuff. Uh, but you guys were awesome today. Hey, uh, is there a way that you want them to connect with you? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my email is dduffy at ure-group.com. And the simplest way is rick at unitedrealestate.com. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so if they have questions or whatever they want to connect, that's how you guys do it. I appreciate yeah. you guys giving your time. You know, I, I said it all along that, you know, what we're doing here, you know, I've had the Remax CEO and see, I've had the Century 21. I'm having Colwell Banker coming up, Berkshire Hathaway, you guys. I, I, I so appreciate you guys being willing to get on here and um, just talk to everybody like people. You know, I, th I think that there's sometimes this, this thing that people think that the CEOs and presidents and people running this industry, you know, they're somehow unreachable and, and you know, you can't talk to them. And my goal in doing this is I want everybody to see them like I see them and talk to them how you guys, how we talk for a happy hour or whatever. So I appreciate you guys being willing. Yeah, Thanks at for least, Jared, us, Jared, I want you to know that at least I have shirt and shorts on and I don't think Rick has pants on. I'm pretty Rick certain. Rick doesn't have pants on. Let's be very clear here. Okay. I'm pretty certain he doesn't have pants on. So. Rick, what did we say before we started here? I said, I said he's uh, business on top, and what, what did I say? Uh, uh, I don't think I said business I on top. Meaning no, no, yeah, that's what you said. Hey, that's if uh, somebody sent me a text. Somebody sent me a text while we were on live stream here, and they said, "Did you know that Walmart is having sale on all their all their pants, but their tops are selling out because everybody's paying attention to above the waist." <laughs> That's great. 
business on top, meaning business at the bottom. All right, guys. Uh, Dude. Hey, love you guys to death. That was awesome. Hang on, you guys. I'm going to stop the live stream. But like I said, if you're watching this, leave a comment. Say thank you to these gentlemen here. Share it if you think it was worthy uh, of, the, uh, of your colleagues here hearing what they had to say. Appreciate your time, guys. You guys rock. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Thanks, Jared. On our YouTube channel. Uh, and then I'll have it. I'll take the audio and we'll put it up on the podcast today with Jared James as well. All of that's coming to you. Love it. Guys, thank you so much. Keep rocking, Jared. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, there's a few things that I'd like you to do. Subscribe, share this with someone you know that you think will also benefit from it. Leave a review on the platform that you're listening on. And do me a favor, go over to connectwithjared.com. Connect on all the platforms I'm on, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, all these places. And do me a favor, leave me a message. Let me know what you enjoyed about the episode. And more importantly, let me know what you'd also like to hear about moving forward. 